G'day y'all and welcome to our next episode of Champagne Cinema, the show what we do, what we do best, which is watch films, drink some wine and then whine about them. My name is Chris and joining me today is C. Hi everyone and welcome back to our 2002 rom-com series of episodes. Last week we chatted about two weeks notice and before that it was the sweetest thing. This week is our final movie for the 2002 rom-com genre and at the end we will let you know how we rank them from favorite to least favorite <laughs> brutal so brutal. i feel like we're gonna have a fight <laughs> i don't think this one will be that brutal actually i think we're gonna we'll have see. a fight so <laughs> maybe i don't know gonna have your own opinion so the final film we watched is my big fat greek wedding directed by joel zwick starring nia vardalos john corbett Lainey kazan michael constantine and Inzing's very own joey fatone i i had never seen this film and i am ashamed to say that and i feel like it's been on my list to watch for years like i remember this came out and then australia like we have a very big greek community in australia i even have like friends in brisbane there's a big greek community i'm shocked i'd never seen this because i fully fully understand well, i don't fully understand but i'm like i could see so much of my friends back in australia in this film and their families and i'm just so upset with myself now that i waited this long but now i've seen it and i'm like this shit's good this shit's good <laughs> yeah i i watched it when it came out and i'm sure i've seen it multiple times since but i remember when it came out it was very different and like the just kind of characters and just showing different culture and it was like really really popular you know like i think a small film that yeah it was blew so up. it was so budget so i did dive into this uh so their budget was 5 million dollars for production which is very small you could tell it was very like there's no special effects it was just like yeah. let's film this and Loki, like, Low key. like even the actors like the actors weren't even known actors like the most known person was probably like um John Corbett, because Aiden from Sex and mm -hmm. the City, yes. And then, like, the Insync guy. No one really knew who anyone else is, to be honest. But not as an actor. I mean, he's nobody would have paid, probably paid that much for him to be an actor. Yeah, Maybe a little so, bit. But this film, it made, like, over $200 million in the cinemas. And then, obviously, on top of that, you had, like, from home video sales and all that kind of stuff. And it actually, I don't know if it still is now, but it is one of the highest-grossing romantic comedies in history. And it's also one of the most profitable based on how much they spent on it to how much it made. And I was like, that's really cool because it is so low budget. Like, it is like a home home film, home movie film. <laughs> yeah, it really, like, tapped into something that clearly people weren't seeing and then freaked out about it. But I did see when we when I was watching it was uh, Rita Wilson and Tom Hanks mm -hmm. produced it. They came up and I was like, oh, so love how that. that happened? I love Tom is Hanks. That, um, is it Nia, the lady that wrote it in the stars in it as herself? Mm -hmm. She um, she was like a writer, and so she actually was doing this show as a like a, a one lady show, I think in LA or New York or something. And so she was performing it. And then Rita Wilson found out about it and went to go see it. And she's like, I'm obsessed with this. And then she told Tom, we should produce this. And it's under that his production company. And then Tom apparently called um, Nia to be like, we want to produce this. We want to do this film. And she thought it was a prank and so hung up on him. And then he had to call back again. <laughs> There's so yeah. many of those stories. <laughs> and then in studio actually, <laughs> didn't want to cast Nia in the role. They wanted to replace uh, 
you know, have another actress do it because she wasn't a known actress. She was just doing like a one-person stand-up. And then Tom and Rita actually vouched that she should be the one playing this role because it's based on her life. And I was like, that's really cool that they were like, we don't care that she's like not a known actress at this point. Like she needs to be playing this role because it is her, it is her like experience. And it's all based on like her family and like her husband and all that kind of stuff, which I found really sweet. Yeah, I love her in it. I'm glad they stuck with her. And that's probably, I think, a big part is that it was smaller people and relatable. If they probably got a different actress, it wouldn't have been as relatable. Yeah. And would have been like, pretend, like, glow up, but, like, really, they're beautiful. Yeah, and I think there's <laughs> just, like, there's one line is that she's used in it from her life. I feel like having someone that has is writing it, she's playing herself, there's so many things that I think wouldn't happen if you brought an actress in to play this other person that's, like, writing about themselves and is, like, the same age and all that kind of stuff. So I think it really shows in how well the film is because she's probably like acting and then pivoting in real life because she's the writer for it. And it's like, no, let, let's change this to this or helping kind of figure out how things should be. I think it's really cool. All right. So before we dive into the discussion about the plot, uh, please remember that this podcast contains spoilers. If you've never seen my big fat Greek wedding, and you don't want us to ruin it. You should probably go and watch it and then come back and listen. To them, they two kinds of people, Greeks, and everybody else who wished they was Greek. Okay, yes, we know. Okay, so a brief plot description if you have forgotten or it's been a while since you've watched it. I'm going to get a lot of these names wrong. I'll help you. Yeah, You're really I'm bad terrible. at it. Oh, I feel so bad. I should be better at this. Let's, let's see how you it's do with this surname. One. But people can't pronounce my surname, so I should get some grace and forgiveness. Right? That's silly that they can't. Trust but, me. I mean, yeah, but that's silly that they can't. Everyone in, in the Portacalos, Portacalos, <laughs> I think it's Portacalos. I should have read that Porticalos. again. Portacalos, family worries about Tula. See, I know how to pronounce that. <laughs> She's unmarried at 30 years old. Shocking. Um, she works at the Dancing Zorba, which is a Greek restaurant owned by her parents, Gus and Maria, who are her parents. After taking a job at her aunt's travel agency, and I do want to talk about how that happened because it was just so funny, um, she falls in love with Ian Miller, a teacher who is tall, handsome, and definitely not Greek. Tula isn't sure which will be more upsetting to her father, that Ian is a foreigner or that he's a vegetarian. Also want to discuss the vegetarian element because I found that so funny. Another. You're Greek now. Don't be shy. Go. Yes, yes. We didn't watch this film together though. I watched this by myself on my couch and in true Chris spirit, I had a Pinot Noir from New Zealand <laughs> in my hand called, I'm going to get this wrong, Hua? 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 I have no H-U-I-A. idea about that. We'll add it in the description, but it was, uh, yeah, 2016 Pinot Noir from New Zealand, which I got from Central Market, which was delicious. You liked it? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so funnily enough, I drank Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc <laughs> well, from, from New Marlboro, New Zealand too. <laughs> Look at us. I actually tried to order that from HEB and they legitimately forgot to put my wine order in my car in curbside and called me when I got home. They're like, Hey, 
we're sorry, we didn't give you your alcohol. I'm like, it's fine. I don't need it. I have like five other bottles, but I was like, it was actually Oyster Bay from New Zealand, the Sav Blanc. Oh, you actually tried to get a Sav Blanc? Oh. Yeah, but HEB denied me and didn't give me my alcohol, so I got a refund, but yeah. I just assumed you got a red, but good on you. I mean, try again, but it was good. I liked it. Crisp and light and dry. I think I've had it before. Yeah, I, Oyster Bay is a good a good sort. Like you know, you can't really go wrong with any of their wines. And New Zealand, of course. That's really funny <laughs> that we both exactly same part of New Zealand too. Yeah, I was, but I was denied to have the exact same wine as you. But whatever. <laughs> that would have been really weird <laughs> if you drank the exact been creepy, same very, wine on but brand. Very on point, <laughs> yeah, very on brand. <laughs> oh, everybody thinks they're creepy. Mm, they will. Nice Greek girls who don't find a husband work in the family restaurant. So here I am, day after day, year after year, 30 and way past my expiration date. So going into our topics and scenes and moments of the film, I think just to call out what the main topic will be as we go through and how it evolves through the movie is the old school social norms. I think that's just like the big issue. And then obviously like the love story. We start off right off the bat where Tula is driving in the car with her dad going to the restaurant. She's got like earmuffs on. She doesn't look cute. And the dad says, you need to get married. You look old. (laughs) And you're like, (laughs) like knife to the heart. I know. I think with this one where, and that's like one of my first points as well is like, they go do a flashback when she's a little girl and it's like enforced that marriage is the only goal for a little girl is to get married and have babies. And I'm sitting there like, wait, what? But then I have to give this film a little bit of grace because I'm usually very aggressively mean about films like like this. This is ingrained in, but it's also ingrained in tradition too. Mm -hmm. And I think, Greek and you know even Italian and other cultures this is there's a lot of tradition in that and I think this kind of plays into it a little bit where that's kind of a part of their life for so much longer than it's been part of like an Australian tradition like I'm all from convicts we don't have traditions that are about marriage it's like just don't go to prison (laughs) so I think it's ingrained a little bit more where that is hammered into them and that family thing so I have to give it a bit of grace that it's that is the norm for their culture and society and even though it's not my norm I can't be, I'm not as like, I feel like I'm not as aggressive about it in this film as I would be if it was just like, like white people telling me this, you know what I mean? Maybe that's a bit off, but I felt a bit okay. Not okay about it. Just gave them the grace of this is very traditional. I just think it's really harsh how they deliver it. That's like where my most issues, like you're just being really rude about this, but yeah, that's true. It it definitely is. And it's part of the journey of the film, but like she's only Mm -hmm. 30 years old and it's just like, okay, thanks, man. Like Gus, you're going to hate me. But um, (laughs) I think the quote was nice Greek girls, marry Greek boy, marry, make Greek babies and feed everyone until the day we die. Great. Fun. Yeah, that sounds like hell to me, to be honest. But I, again, it's like the tradition, but the movie does progress from that. And I also like that, you know, this is the father saying this with tradition, but also seeing her mum kind of understand, understand progressiveness. And I think it's, 
interesting that they play her off as she's in her 30s and I'm like god if they said that she was 28 I would have been mortified but she's in her 30s she's got no husband no job like she didn't really go and get a secondary education it was like this expectancy to be this woman that is you know maybe traditional and things and one of the lines is like it's like she doesn't want to get married and I'm like it's okay if she doesn't want to get married that's totally fine but like in this scene she obviously did want to get married yeah but it's just interesting how I'm like but how society's changed now like I don't think this is the norm anymore definitely not I mean the mom's whole thing at the beginning that they kind of described her was is she's great at guilt and then Gus his whole like cure of Windex which is just funny <laughs> kind of makes you want to try it I want to try it on pimples yes. and stuff and be like yeah maybe I, I should uh put a bit of Windex I'm on sure there's an that. article about it and then he does his like um root of the word and so we just kind of are getting to know them and then we see her brother Nick and he's cute I always just he's, he's so, so sweet hot. and he's really cute and his social norms playing into it too as we go to like bring up where Mm -hmm. he gets kind of put into a box and one of the things that annoyed me was the dad gus was to nick he's like oh you've got plenty of time because he's like a man so there's like this double standard Mm -hmm. so it's just like things like that it's like that's not come on you know that's not okay yeah again it comes down to that tradition that's probably just been ingrained generation upon generation upon generation not saying it's correct just saying it's but it's such a different thing and like you have to have a balance of like tradition I I don't think we should forget things that are like in the past and traditions are still good but you still need to progress with like society so I do think the dad kind of gets there in the end but I will say Nick is so hot. hot I was like who are you I've never seen you before why did I not know about you? And he's on the screen. I'm like, oh, gosh. He pops up out of that kitchen. You're like, ooh, hello. <laughs> you're like, ooh, why haven't I watched this film before? Yeah. Oh, men. <laughs> but clearly for Tula, they kept putting her in this box, and she didn't fit into the box, and she was obviously missing something. And so she didn't want to settle for married when she obviously knew there was something else she wanted to do. But then Ian walks in. And how can you not be into that? Did you feel it? Like I was watching oh. it and I already had a glass of wine. So maybe it was that, but I felt it. Like I really felt him walking in. And if I was Tula, I would be reacting the same way. He is so fine. So fine. Slash Aiden. So fine. I am like shook, shook it. Even with his receding hair- hairline, that's a little bit too long. He walks in and you just feel his like energy and i'm like god damn john corbett why are you so fine his like messenger (laughs) bag and oh yeah he comes in real good so can't blame her for being completely gaga and like shuts down and just stares at him and he was really sweet to her which is of (laughs) course what ian's like that's just a little taste of their relationship but then we dive back into her college desires and she has to ask to go to college, which is just really sad. Yeah. I think when he says, he goes, the dad says, she's smart enough for a girl. Mm, mm. You could never be too smart. You can always learn more. There's always more to know, all that kind of stuff. What I did like is that she went back to learn and from that 
she herself felt more confident. Like you see her when she meets Ian and she has no confidence whatsoever, but she wants to better herself for her own life to be able to really Mm -hmm. enjoy that and like working at the travel agency and kind of moving it along that way. And you could see that she's like, I want more for myself. I'm going to put myself first. I'm going to go get an education and all these things. And with that, she grew in confidence because the next time she sees Ian, she knows how to have a kind of a conversation with him, I guess. She still has embarrassing moments, but she has this new aura around her which I think Ian could sense as well. But I love that she, it's kind of like she glows up a little bit, but she doesn't. She just kind of, she finds herself. She's putting herself first. She's fine. Yeah. She's making herself feel better about what she's doing and like she's accomplishing it. And I really liked that she didn't seem to glow up for anyone but herself. Like I know she'd met Ian, but she wasn't doing it to get him. I think she just was like, I need more out of my life. I want to do more. I want to be more. So I want to go do this. The interesting thing is when they start making all the females. And I love this. It's like, we need to make it seem like it's his idea. And I know that this still happens, but this is where I'm like, her mom's a sneaky little bastard. And I love her, how they're like, how can we make this his idea? And they get her aunt involved. And her aunt is so funny. She's fire. She's she's my favorite character in the whole film. I was like, when she's sitting there and she doesn't know how to answer and she's having the conversation, it's like the the mom, the dad, and then she's there to try and like help manipulate the dad into thinking it's his idea that Tula comes and works at the travel agency, but she like doesn't know how to do it. So she's like very like sitting there like, how do I answer these questions? And Tula's mom's like, I've got this. I'm going to manipulate this shit out of him, make it seem like it's his idea. I just thought it was so well done. <laughs> yeah, she's like, remember, you you need help. She's like, I need help. Yes, I need help. It's just like, and he he even like when he he comes up, he goes, you see a man. And it's like, okay, dude, <laughs> shut up. But I also, I mean, the mom also was the one to help her even get into college. And then mm-hmm. also just always on her side, which I just love. But the line I really liked was when the mom was talking about the dad and like getting pretty much manipulating him and says the man is the head, but the woman is the neck Mm -hmm. turn head any way she wants. Yeah. I agree with (laughs) that. I'm like, "Mm, this is still very relevant. I think that's where, even though it may seem kind of like sexist and all these things, there's still this female empowerment behind it. Even though Mm -hmm. the dad's very old school and traditional and he thinks this is how it should be there's still ways to learn and educate and the females just seem a bit more in tune with that. And I like how the mum encourages Tula to kind of go seek that and helps push her without kind of completely like destroying the father as well at the same time and going against all his faith. I don't know if the mom really understands Tula, but she sees that it's something she really wants Mm -hmm. and it will make her happy. And that is important to her. So then she makes it important for herself and that's Mm -hmm. just like really sweet that she could see that but yeah so she gets the job at the travel agency and then that brings Ian back because then he sees her in the window but then she hides (laughs) and you're like no Tula then he comes back and then he hits runs into the old lady and then she with her headphones and it's just a super meet cute vibe Mm -hmm. and immediately you can just see like they're perfect for each other and he's just like the best so so cute he's adorable so adorable he's such an Aiden though I will say I'm like this is you just you just play the same person this is why we love you so much (laughs) yeah but I think he's I think he's better than 
Aiden, I think Ian is like literally perfection. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. John Corbett's probably Ian's is better than Aiden. Like Aiden still gets a bit jealous and stuff where like yeah. Ian was very accepting of her and all the oh. crazy that came with it. And he just like loved that part about her, which is really sweet too. He just embraced it rather than running, screaming away. Right. But then the whole the lies start, their secret relationship and makes <laughs> out in the car because the conflict, he is not Greek. But he still, you know, loves her so much and doesn't matter because he, he says it was boring. And then I met you and then they have their first kiss. And I I think that was probably her first kiss ever. It's my yeah, assumption. I, th- I would say so too. I reckon she'd had like spin the bottle and, you know, the Greek community, I'm assuming in this is in Chicago is like, you would have known Greek boys. Like it's all like families upon families. They all know each other and everyone hangs around. So I feel like she would have had like meaningless kisses with like boys as a teenager in the Greek community and stuff like that. But I think this is her first one that really meant something to her. Like, I think I really enjoyed the scene when Ian's meeting their parents for the first time. And the dad's like, why didn't you ask me for permission? He's like, because she's 30. Like (laughs) to date your daughter, who's 30, who can make up her own decisions. I was like, this is a funny conversation because I can see it happening. But I also like that Ian was like, no, dude. Like, <laughs> What world do you live in? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not asking you permission to date your 30-year-old daughter. Like that is, yeah. I was like, I agree. That's wild. Like you could never expect that's going to be a thing. But then there's also the opposite of her meeting his parents and they're so quiet and it's such a different vibe. But then I just love seeing them like embrace the Greek culture and like really love it by the end of it. But at the end, yeah, they're so awkward. I was watching that and it reminded me so much of me and Nick's families, like my Nick, because (laughs) my parents, it's just like me and my parents and my sister are very small, tight knit. And my parents are very, I guess introverted when they first meet and Nick's Nick's family's wild like (laughs) fucking crazy wild in all like the good ways but they're a big family there's lots of like you know Nick's dad's like one of 14 so he's like hundreds upon hundreds of cousins oh I didn't know that yeah and like you know 14 yeah his dad's one of 14 so I don't I haven't even met all of Nick's cousins I don't even know who they are I don't think he knows who they are same mom and dad yeah they were catholic (laughs) 14 Yeah. Okay. That's a whole nother discussion. So me coming into that family, the first time I really met his family was it was over Christmas and we went to his uncle's place at the Gold Coast and there was 120 people there for Christmas. My Christmas used to be nine people. And then I went to 120. I had to take a nap. I had to go have a timeout because I was exhausted. I don't even remember meeting everyone or their names. So I was watching it and I kept watching the movie where Ian kept getting thrown into these situations. And I was like, Huh, you're doing way better than I did dude at this because like you're like embracing it where I was like I need I'm gonna nap I need to get away from this yeah and then when my parents met his like whole like large family it was very similar they warm up at the end but I could just see I was like oh I can kind of relate to what's happening here so I was I liked that part also that the parents came around and the mom like liked the is it the ouzo that they had or you know, the alcohol that they have in Greece. And she had, she's like, do you have more of that? I'm like, yeah, it's literally like 100% pure alcohol. You're just like, let's get drunk. I kind of have that too. I mean, my family here in the States is really small, but then I have a lot of family in England and we're Polish on that side. And so it's very big, like Polish Catholic, lots of people. And so when I'm there, it's like family, but so much bigger. 
and I do adjust to it. But when I'm here, it's so much smaller and more chill. Mm-hmm. But it it can be a, a lot of work. Oh, it sometimes. is so but much. It can work. also be a lot of fun. Yeah. At the same time, I think it's like it can be exhausting if you're not used to it. Well, that's me. I forget exhausted every single time. But that's just it's not how I grew up that way. But I think also when they find out Ian's <laughs> Ian's a vegetarian. And, then, and I think it's Aunt Vula is like, he eat no meat, eat lamb. Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He don't eat no meat? No, he doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make lamb. Lamb, lamb doesn't count. Lamb is on a meat. Yeah. I also <laughs> love lamb and Greek, oh, Greek lamb. I was just laughing and he's just like, I'm part of, like I'm part of this family. I want to be I want to be part of this crazy. This is this is great. Clearly because they say I love you and then he asks her to marry her and he does a huge thing and gets baptized under the Greek Orthodox and you can see there's a part of her where she's just like why are you doing this? Like you know that mm-hmm. insecurity of like why am I special? And I don't quite get it. And he's just like so sweet. Like I came alive, you know, I was bored before and it just is so refreshing to watch. I also love that her brother, Nick, always supports her too. Yes. Like he's like, I see what he, like he sees, like he, Nick gets he's it. He's so sweet. He's just like, yeah, like I, she's like, I never thought this would happen and all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I did. Like he knew that she was something really special. And I was like, you're the best Nick. Why don't you have a, I'll marry you. See, we'll marry well, poor, you. <laughs> poor Nick like wants to be an artist. And then that's where he's getting put into a box where it's like, mm-hmm. that's not what a man does. And he, mm-hmm. dad just keeps on pushing that off. And we don't quite see him get that resolution, but there is a big fat group wedding too. So maybe that's what happens. I know I've seen it. I haven't seen that one, but I was reading. Well, I hope you haven't because you hadn't watched the first I know. One. I mean, sometimes you watch the second one first. I definitely knew there was a second one, but she didn't want to do the second one until, you know, at the end of the first one, it like jumps forward and they have a daughter and stuff. She actually and her husband who actually cameos in this film, whose Ian's character is based off, they, she didn't want to do the second film until she actually knew what it was like to be a mother and like motherhood in the Greek kind of thing. So they waited a really long time until they did the second one because she wanted to actually experience it. And I like that. She wanted to use her experience like she did in the first one for her writing of the second one. So I thought that was smart rather than just making it up. <laughs> right. No, that's good. I think the next thing kind of where it starts, which I think is both our nightmares, is a huge wedding. 100%. And people taking over like the invitations and the ugly bridesmaids dresses (laughs) but the bridesmaids dress scene i feel is like iconic how she takes the coat off and it's just this god-awful dress and everyone's like oh my god and you see tula and ian being like ian's like laughing being like i don't care tula's like what happened like you already have a dress made and you're already wearing it (laughs) also her bridesmaid party gave me anxiety how they're all running around and like Oh no! The, like when she's getting ready that morning, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, a lot. That's, oh. But it also no. seemed nice to have a lot of people, but and then also too many people. But nice that they were so into it and like so invested, and that that's cool. Like genuine, like they were so excited for all of it. Mm-hmm. There was one moment where I got hot eyes, and that's when the mom kind of gave her that story about how they left 
you know, they grew up in war and they came to the States for them and to be happy. And then there's this scene where they're all like the grandmother and the mom and her looking in the mirror. And I was like, oh my gosh. And this is, you know, what's happening across the world. It just was like, oh, this is still a thing. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure like so many families, but it was just really sweet. And she like understood her parents more. And I just love that. And I think that's why her mom kind of backed her up because that's why they moved. They moved to the States to give them a better life. Yes, they want them to have babies and get married and all that stuff. But that the reason was for them to have a better life, which I think Mm -hmm. her mom and then her dad did realize that she was going to have a better life, even with Ian, the American vegetarian. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say that my favorite part is actually back to Nick. I have a thing for Nick's obviously, because I was so many, so many Nick's in this film, but her brother, Nick, and also my Nick, I was like, I got a soft spot for Nick's, but he says, and I really like this. And I think it's still really relevant is that don't let your past dictate who you are, but let it be a part of who you become. And he says that to her. And I was like, Oh my God, why are you so smart? Nick, Nick, I was like, okay, that gave me like watery eyes because I think that's so relevant, like regardless of who you are. And to get that advice from your younger brother, wow. (laughs) Wise beyond his years. He's a gem. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like she says in her writing, a lot of these lines actually came from people in her life. Like her mother says something about a something about something and then a panther in the bed and things. Like her mom actually said that. And then Aunt Vola Vula also has a story about the lump in her, wherever the lump is, and it ends up being like her dead twin. That's a story that her aunt actually told her, like in real life, her husband's parents about like her, like, and I was laughing at that story. I thought it was like the wildest thing. And then to find out actually that story did happen and that whole situation, I was like, I love you. (laughs) Yeah, she had a tumor in the back of the neck, kept growing, and then they found teeth. And so it it pretty much was she ingested or she took on her twin. (laughs) Yeah, or like ate her twin or something in the womb. (laughs) And the way she delivers it, it's so good. But the the line was like the duties of wedding night, which I didn't love that. It's like you have to do stuff on your wedding night. But lamb in the kitchen, tiger in the bedroom. (laughs) Her mom actually told her that. I'm like, that's so funny. I imagine (laughs) that's like what your mom says to you. You'd be like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay, mom, but we're not going to actually talk about this again. Never ever say that to me again, ever. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that made me laugh is in the wedding scene when you look at his side and it's like so empty and then her side is like filled with people it's like classic i mean that would have that would have been me and nick it would have been taken over by his family i'd be like here are my three friends and my dad (laughs) (laughs) but yeah back to the big wedding nightmare and you know that was such a long ceremony oh but she got through it her snow beast and they just had their cute scene in the limo He's like, let's, let's just, let's just like leave and stuff. Yeah. And then she had like a pimple and then he said something and he's like, he fixed it with Windex. I was like, (laughs) that's so sweet. And also the venue, like the most Greek things I've ever seen. I was like, man, but they always have like, I've always wanted to be to a Greek wedding. I still haven't been to one and they just look like so much fun. Yeah. So so much fun. All hours of the night. Mm -hmm. They just keep probably going and going. 
And I think the big full circle moment for Gus, the dad, is during his speech where he compares, like, I forget if it's which one's which, but Ian, like, to an apple and Mm -hmm. his family to an orange. And it's like, we're different, but we're all fruit. And it's like, he he gets there. there. Like, he He let her go to college. He let, quote unquote. And then he accepted Ian and like truly his family and realized like, yes, her happiness is the most important. But then what do you think about him buying a house without talking to them? Absolutely not. Would not be okay with that. big step. Right next door? Yeah. I understand. Like, I definitely understand where it comes from. I totally get this is, that is a big thing. Like, I look at millennials. We can't buy houses anymore. So, yeah, this is probably a great thing. Like, if my parents, like, we want to buy your house, I'd be like, sure, because I can't, like, afford, I mean, I can, but, like, I can't afford it. And then I just look at other people being like, yeah, maybe this should be more of a thing. You know, millennials, give us a, our parents need to give us a leg up. So, I'm kind of like, what if you buy it and then I sell it and take that money and buy another house that I actually want? True. I, would, I wouldn't want, I would want to be part of the buying of the house discussion. Yeah. So maybe it's like a, we didn't buy you a house. We want to help you buy a house. And we're going to contribute to that as opposed to we're going to buy you a house right next door. Cause that was a bit too much for me. It's, it's a risky move to buy a house and put all that money and definitely maybe in that market, it might not be that easy to yeah. sell a house, you know, and what if they hated it? But obviously they loved it and they raised their daughter next to the grandparents. And for them, it does make sense. And it's super sweet. And yeah. again, just love how Ian accepts it all. Yeah. I think it's very symbolic of the dad accepting them as well. I think that's like, you know, he's like for their relationship and wants to be part of their lives and stuff. And he's finally like, yes, I'm okay with you marrying a white vegetarian called Ian. I just think that just like the name Ian Miller is just so, he's just so bland, even though he's like the best. <laughs> he's but, not though. He's really not. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, he just, you just look at it being like, he just is like normal and you know, it's kind of sweet how they kind of paint him as like, just Ian, the white vegetarian that's like not Greek and has no religion and is a teacher. Like he's just an average human. I will say, I think he might, you know, big statement here. He might be one of the best male romantic characters. I think so. I can't find anything wrong with him. I can't. I just, he takes a bit of a back seat though. It really is about her and her journey. And he's kind of like, you know, along for the ride, which I appreciate. So it's hard to you don't see any of that he has no negative side, essentially. I'm sure there is one. There always is one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what happens in the second one. Maybe there's a little, there's got to be a little conflict, you know, marriage, right? Yeah. <laughs> or they're just going to paint him as the perfect husband again. And I'm like, this is why we have unrealistic expectations yeah. for our relationships. <laughs> That's true. It, it doesn't help. As perfect as he is, it does not help. <laughs> I love you. Because I came alive when I met you. But my family. You're a part of your family. And I'll do anything. Whatever it takes to get them to accept me. Because you're my life now. You're my whole life now. Okay, so jumping into the film analysis quickly, what would you rank the script at a one to five? I was going to go lower, but now after we're talking about it, I kind of want to say four. Yeah, I'm going to say four. That script is fire. It is so good when you look at all the lines from everyone, like the one-liners. 
I remember at one point I was like crying laughing again I was like why have I never seen them this is amazing and just like all the little things and one of the parts I was thought was so funny is the joke that Nick and the cousin who's played by Joey whatever his name is in it um keep like saying they keep telling him to say the wrong thing like in Greek like oh how do I say this and like say this and then like oh I'll kill you they're like no I'm just joking but I will kill you kind of thing. <laughs> they kept it going the brotherly love things that's when I was like oh this is you just I think I could watch it again just for those one-liners that constantly are happening yeah all right characters this one is like the high one I think it's what like really makes the film so I'm gonna go five they kill it with the characters. I would say five too. This is probably one of my ones where I'm like, there's just so many characters too because there's so many people in the family, all different dynamics. So there kind of seems to be like no small part because everyone has such a bold and lively part. I think they mm-hmm. do it really well. Even if you have, you're in the film for like five minutes, it's memorable five minutes. Plot and entertainment factor. The plot will be probably my lowest. I put three and a half just because I there are some kind of like holes and jumping around. One where the sister is very pregnant, but not crazy pregnant. And then all of a sudden you jump to the wedding and she's not pregnant. It's like, we how did we not acknowledge that she had a kid or something? And you just kind of know she's like all of a sudden her, her, her like tight bridesmaid dress or just like little things, but it's just a little bit lower for me. But it's still great. The actual story. Yeah, I think the plot was probably like a two and a half. It, like the plot's like nothing groundbreaking, but the entertainment factor is very high. That like, is. I was yeah. sucked in. So I'll, I'll give that like more of like a four. Same. That's what I have. Okay. Honorable mentions. I think the first one I put in, and I don't, I think I put it in was the Greek food. At the start, she says moussaka and some like white girl makes fun of her. I'm like, bitch, you've obviously never tried moussaka because that shit's amazing. She says muskaka, bitch. Yeah, I'm just like, ugh, get some culture. Musaka's great. And then they talk about baklava or baklava or the pastry that's just oh, so good. Um, and then they, <laughs> I know they bring in a lamb, but oh, I, I love lamb. I just, I was like, I need to eat more Greek food. I am wanting to go back to that place we went to in Miami, which had such good Greek food. Oh, that was so good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's hard to get a reservation. <laughs> My honorable mention, which I know we've already talked about her a lot, but I always remember her. And when I see the actress in anything, I'm always like, oh, Aunt Bula. And the whole time when I was like leading up to watching this, I'm like, oh, I just can't wait to watch Aunt Bula. So Aunt Bula, she's amazing. I, I love her. I want her in my life. I think she's just so hilarious. And her timing is just impeccable. Mm-hmm. She's a very good character and also based off her actual aunt as well. Like she wanted to find someone to play her that really complimented who her aunt was. And I thought that was done really well. And then my last one was just the part that we've also mentioned about how many Nicks and they're at that (laughs) dinner where the parents come and they're like, Nick, 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 Nick. Yeah. (laughs) Nicky, Nico, Nick. (laughs) Nicholas. Yeah. I just I was laughing because obviously my Nick and I'm just like, there's so many Nicks in this. Like, what is happening? Okay, so I guess that sums up. I already know your answer to this one, but would you recommend this film? A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, I would recommend it. So that comes to the conclusion of our 2002 rom coms. And now you have to rank them from your least favorite to your favorite. You gotta do it. Really hard for me because I don't, I you love them all for very different reasons. No, you gotta, I've already ranked them in my head. So I'm going to go least to favorite, 
the sweetest thing, two weeks notice, my big fat Greek wedding, just based off how it just made me feel. But even though like, I honestly love them all three pretty damn equally. So it's more just like ratings on the different sections. Yeah. I watched my big fat Greek wedding and I knew straight away that two weeks notice was my least favorite. And then the sweetest thing was going to come in the middle and my big fat Greek wedding came in the top spot, which again, I'm a big fan of the sweetest thing. I've been watching that for years, a little bit shocked by my opinion, but also appreciate it because I just thought it was a very good, feel good film and kind of came together well at the end as well. Where the sweetest thing, I think I just, there's too many holes in it. (laughs) And well, well, now I feel like two weeks notice. It's fine. I think the sweetest thing has the least depth. It's super fun and mm-hmm. raunchy and a good time, but it, it's not as complex. Mm-hmm. And the other ones have a little bit more to them for me. And then just the dynamics with my big fat group wedding are just so sweet and it's different. And yeah, it's completely different than anything you've seen and just very well done, especially for such like a low budget and not well-known actors. Yeah. See, I thought you were going to get mad at me because two weeks notice for me was at the bottom. I was like, there's no way two weeks notice is going to be her least favorite. (laughs) No, there's no way. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a hard to like not put that one at the top, honestly, because I've seen it the most, but I'm going, you know, by actual ratings. But go watch them all. Honestly, they're all great. Thank you all for joining us for My Big Fat Great Wedding. Leave us a review and comment on any movies you want us to watch and whine about. Don't forget to subscribe and find us on TikTok at Champagne Cinema, linked in the description. See y'all next time when we will start our new series, Movies Directed by James Cameron. I'm so excited. (laughs) Bye. Cheers. Cheers.